This is Dream Space from Factory International with me, Gemma Kearney. In every episode, we're inviting a special guest to take over our minds, our imaginations, our dream space with whatever they want, creating their perfect lineup of art, music, inspiration, and more. Together, we'll create a new vision, pushing the boundaries of what is possible, asking what kind of art the world needs right now, and inventing tomorrow together. There's no limits to dreams, so open your mind, get relaxed, and let's get dreaming. Today, our dreamer is the magical Maxine Peak actor, activist, writer, director, and so much more. Born and raised in Bolton, Maxine has a long relationship with Manchester and is no stranger to Factory International's Manchester International Festival, where she has performed multiple times, including at MIF 2023, as she performs a new adaptation of Kay Dick's dystopian novel, They, which Maxine adapted alongside theatre director Sarah Franklin and movement director Imogen Knight. They imagines a near future where creative expression is outlawed, all art eradicated, and any resistance takes enormous courage. Hi, Maxine. Hi, Gemma, how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I do feel quite floaty. So I'm really excited to go on this quite cerebral, liminal journey with you. Are you a dreamer? Uh, yes. Yes, I am a dreamer. I think you've got to be to be in the creative world, haven't you, like? Sometimes you can get those dreams squashed on a, on a regular basis, but I think it's definitely what keeps me going. Sometimes I think that the dreams that have been squashed actually help me to create new dreams. Yeah. I think that's it and I think sometimes when there's limitations put on things in some ways it's about shattering those limitations isn't it I always think it's a bit like it's a bit like a water balloon you sort of get around them in a different way something comes up and you know because dreams are more mobile and flexible aren't they it's to keep changing them and that's what's exciting something can start off as one dream one wish one vision for your future and and if you do get blockades up and people stopping you or things stopping you or life stopping you that you say you they change and they evolve and, and they become even more exciting in a way. It's crazy that we're now in a time where dreaming and dreaming big is almost radical because of this idea of being limited or not being allowed to think outside of the status quo without feeling afraid. Absolutely. I think it's such a political action, isn't it, to dream? Because that's one thing the establishment want. If you've got a society of dreamers, then the establishment are in big trouble, aren't they? Because um, we can dream them away. I'm ready for a bit of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> With you, Maxine, let's create some trouble. So here we are. What can we see in your dream space if you were to create an experiential, artistic extravaganza? There are no boundaries. No one is here to squash these dreams. What can we see? Well, initially I was thinking, OK, I'm going to fill it full of all the artists that I love 
And then I thought, well, if this is about dreams, shouldn't it surely not just be my dreams? But I want it to be a space full of other people's dreams. So I was thinking I'd really love to open the space up to new artists, to people I don't know about, to invite people in. You know, I think we're in such a climate at the moment where it's so difficult to get into the arts. And then once you're in the art, to maintain that, to maintain a living, it's become, you know, as we know, the sort of preserve of the elite in many ways. You know, I've been very fortunate that I broke through and I think in some ways, once you've got into that space, it's obviously about occupying it yourself, but it's about letting other people, you know, come in. So I'd really love to fill it with, you know, young artists of all disciplines who are, who are really just starting off on the journey. So it's people who are thinking of doing it for a living. Local and global, we need more spaces now for new artists, musicians, actors, performers all sorts of creatives to be able to get their work seen in spaces because lots of spaces are closing. And so I'd love that to be full of other people's dreams. I sometimes want to go to sort of my generation go, we, we've not seen, you know, you never have your time as a creative. You keep growing and you keep, as long as you keep growing and evolving, however, and keep current and keep your antennae open to everything that's going on, the new generation coming up. But I want Manchester to shed its skin a bit and go, okay. You know, and I know that's happening. I know there's underground stuff and overground stuff happening and extraordinary young artists, but I want them at the forefront now. I think the Hacienda, it was amazing. I went, but it's not there anymore. It's gone. It was amazing. <laughs> so I think it's about honouring this multi-generational kind of weave of what we can learn from those now and also those that have been before us or innovating in in that space as part of history and I think just to keep on our toes and to stay active and stay in communication is really an uplifting notion in these times. Well I think as much now it's about isn't it it's the baton but it's you know, you've got to keep current. You've got to keep looking back and forwards and going, well, what are you doing? What should I be learning about? What should I be opening myself up to? Because we're all part of society. We do influence and help each other, you know, in a way. But, yeah, it becomes a little bit sort of slightly tribal. But we were this age and we had it then and we, you, you know, and I, I just wish we could smash that. And that's what I'd like to do with my dream space is make it a bit more fluid. One thing I would have probably at the party is a big bonfire of forms. We can all go <laughs> and we can all chuck those stupid forms that people now have to pay people to fill in those forms for them so they can get the fun because they know how to fill in those forms and you go, the system's all wrong. <laughs> okay, so I love this burning something to do with systems and hierarchy and the ways of getting in so we're burning down the doors as well as the forms and we're starting again yeah exactly that's it it's the hierarchy it's got to it's got to go so that's that's my dream we get to the height yeah Jim. thank you that's brilliant hierarchy and i've got to say maxine it is a bit witchy well, I do, you know, when I was sort of thinking about the artists that initially I like, I love sort of a lot of the sort of esoteric and people like Ethel Calhoun, Leonora Carrington, people like that, that I 
again, a lot of them were sort of white women from privilege. And I, it's interesting because it's the arts about spiritualism. And I'm a bit, sometimes I get concerned about how, again, in the West, we colonise those sort of esoteric uh, mm. sort of religions and thoughts from around the world so I'd love to do something where we, we all come together and open yourself up to what's been taken from where but the connection that globally there's obviously something in our psyche that extra slightly psychedelic world that fascinates me that the brain has got so many different compartments and you know and tapping into to the other but a real global celebration of that oh I love it this is forming into my kind of party Fires, elements, spirituality in a kind of anti-colonial way. Okay, let, let's go further. What do we find once we've approached the bonfire? So the bonfire is actually happening, okay? That's been created. There's, there's no worries about forms. There's no worries about health and safety and that kind of bureaucracy. There is a huge bundle of flames as we arrive. Um, do we interact with the fire in any way or are we incorporating other elements? Go on, tell us more, tell us more. I don't know, because I was thinking, oh, DJs, oh, musicians, who would I have on? But I just, again, it's, I think it's about it coming from the people that are there. You know what I mean? Mm. I want it to be spontaneous and a bit sort of, you know, something ritualistic about it. You know, musicians from all over. I just love that, again, the hierarchy and just a, a real fusion of different, you know, music traditions coming together. Because we've got, you know, music. And it, I get, you know, I was talking about the sort of artists, but I, I was fascinated by folklore. And what always fascinates me, the things you speak, the thing is specifically to Britain, superstitions and folklore are absolutely not. And when you speak to people, you know, around the world, we have, again, it's just what we have in common, especially sort of, you know, superstitions and things like that, that you go, of course, they're all sort of, they might be packaged differently. I don't know. It's sort of the other, but what is, makes us very much the same, you know, which we've got in common, the other that we have in common. I can definitely connect to this idea that Western intellect gets in the way of the really dreamy part of dreaming new futures um in terms of inspiration though I feel like I would love you to tell us when you first realized that an artistic experience was actually potentially quite ritual or even spiritual in itself does that come from a dance floor did it happen on stage for you when did you feel connected on a higher level to art Probably when I would say as a teenager, um, some sort of natural enhancement in the shape of something you might find in a field around about autumn time in slightly damp fields. I grew up in a semi-rural area. So I think actually magic mushrooms were quite a big shift for me at that point as being a teenager from Bolton. And I think as well as the people I was hanging around with, you know, it's a small town Bolton, but I always think it was something quite... It has got something a little bit magical about it, and whether it's a town that is on the edge of the West Pennines, and there's something in in them the hills in in Bolton. You know, I grew up not too far from Pendle, which you know Pendle Hill, which is one of the most famous witch trials. We're in such a time of crisis now, more than ever. You know, financially and obviously the world. You know, the climate emergency. You know, I think more and more people now are turning to nature. 
for answers. You know, it's taken us, it's a bit late. <laughs> and only we've done it before, but we've had so many rules and so many benches and so much superstition based around it and misinformation, miseducation. The less you've got to lose, which in a way we have, this sort of constant crisis. I mean, I have to stop myself sometimes. You wake up in the morning and think, oh my God, we're just on this burning wheel now towards the end, you know, and you think, well, that's, no, 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 no. You know, we're still, we can change. There's always hope. But I think art and creativity really do infuse that hope into society. And I'm very much, you know, I know we need to eat, we need to heat, we need a roof over our head, but we also need stories and music, theatre, art, dance. It's shamanic. There is something about that intense storytelling that is essential to human existence, I think. It's people who do the healing and the surviving and the, and the making that keep it real in a way it keeps it like an actual real experience rather than just what the media depicts and and just this idea of rage there is so much beauty and so much love and actually a real sense of, of multiculturalism in in the uk I think. well we'd have we'd have farms on the bonfire and then we definitely have a lot of newspapers <laughs> okay it's going on they're all going on <laughs> I want people to go for it. I want people to get involved. Get some instruments out there. Just get people in. Get a giant jam going on. And go to people. Well, you know, I want people to come in who go, oh, I can't play an instrument. Yeah, you can. There's a tambourine. There's a, you can do what you want. Pick it up, have a go. What does being able to play something mean? It's about expressing yourself through, through an instrument. And that's, you know... You don't have to be musically proficient to express yourself. We can bash things that make sounds. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think it's the physicality of it as well, but I think really it's about freeing people up isn't it I think we're quite you know what I mean we need a little bit of something going on to free us all up physically as well as mentally we need to shake it out sometimes absolutely but I know just get hey you know I'm still a bit like I'm going to get on the dance floor I've got a little bit of help you know what I mean <laughs> and that's not right you know what I mean but it's about if you're in again if you're in a space and Song and dance should be much more in our sort of DNA as, as celebrating, oh. as part of storytelling. I think there's a lot of, we hold on, we hold on to so much that this, this dream factory is just about <laughs> let it all hang out. When was the last time you had a good boogie? Where were you? You know what? And I'm saying all this, and this is probably a long a long time ago but I mean I'm lucky when I work with Sarah uh, Frankham and Imogen Knight who I'm working on this project that I'm going to do for Manchester International Festival and Imogen especially is a, a choreographer and a movement director uh, directs theatre and, and, and film but we do a lot and I hated it at first I used to think oh god I just want to say my lines I don't want to have to move what's this I'm not a dancer and actually now as an actor I love it I'll be going for about two hours. She doesn't let me stop, you know, and it's it's about wow. how you can create emotion through through your movements and create character and you really discover things that can take 
couple of hours of movement can take weeks in a rehearsal room, you know, sort of intellectually trying to decipher and, and build. You know, she's got the most sort of eclectic music collection and she just puts the music on and she'll say to me, Matt, try this, try that, let's... You know, and it's all about the imagery that the body makes. And I'm not a, I'm not a dancer, you know, by any means, but she's got this real sort of capacity of making you feel like you can move because, again, it's, it doesn't matter if it's a perfect or it looks aesthetically. It's about what that articulates, what that movement's saying, what it's, how you're expressing yourself through it. What a generous gift to share. A choreographer has a really important role in, in how, you know, we feel and how we can also kind of place emotions in our body and and try and transform emotions in our body. Well, our body holds a lot of trauma, doesn't it? They hold our sort of pain and there's a lot more to it. And I think we disconnect our brains from our bodies a lot of the time. You know, your physical and your mental health are completely linked. And as we know, we talk about physical health quite free, you know, but it's not mm. about mental. And I think actually a lot of the time the, it is one and the same. I'm so thankful for so many people creating pathways for us to try and create frameworks of of a better society through these conversations, movement, uh, psychology, ritual. I just think that they will enhance our lives if we try and find mutual respect and understanding for them and again it goes back to this dream this dream space it's we're here we are moving with our tambourines what other instruments should we have what what would you like to hear anything i mean obviously lots of drums we need lots of hand drums yes just anything that makes a noise you know what i mean i think i want people to use the voices as well you know what i mean to really use that as a, as an instrument and again not to because i again i'm not a singer yeah, by any again by any stretch of imagination but it's about letting a noise out a roar a roar i reckon is always good whether you can sing or not yeah that <laughs> comes right from the belly you know what i mean lower than the belly <laughs> But yeah, maybe I'll have a rage room. I'll have a rage room, actually, where people can just go in and do some real, like... Because some people might not feel angry and it might put... You know, I don't want to frighten anybody or put anybody in. Yeah. But yeah, I think we might have a rage room. <laughs> I'm, I'm into this space. OK. Are there any particular colours or visuals or objects that we can help display... You know, I've got a full team here. There are no limits. They're going to really beautifully exhibit any kind of sculpture or painting or rock or thing. What would you like it to be? Because the fire is blazing. I've been following a, a female artist on Instagram, actually, called Lisa Ivory, and her stuff is quite... It's quite sort of central, but it's its quite, again, folkloric. It's, it seems like women and the familiars... And things like that. So I'd love to exhibit some of Lisa's work. Beautiful. And is it paintings? Paintings, yeah. Creatures and women with familiars. And then we'll have uh, some of the artist Judy Chicago. Maybe she did a brilliant piece in the 70s called The Woman House. So it'd be good to maybe restage that. But again, it would be about getting artists in there, maybe to do a little bit of mentoring so we'd have maybe some of Lisa's work up but then also some blank canvases for people to be inspired by that work and how does it speak to me and what what would my interpretation be not copying but have a go but again get some 
you know, find, I want to find those young artists and give them a real sort of front and centre. There's a lot of myth created around, you know, the arts especially, and who, who's it, who and who it isn't for. So I think just getting people to go, you know what, I'll hold your hand, and you can talk to me. But just a little bit of support as well. And we can all learn from each other. The older artists can definitely learn from the younger artists as well. There's a different world out there. Each generation has a different gaze on the world because the events to them are the richer and, and the more urgent you know, when you slap bang in the middle of something when you're younger. So it's, yeah, I think it's a real, again, it's a real exchange. It's not just about an, an older artist showing them the ropes. It's, you know, exchange of experience. Yeah, a cyclical relationship, a way of being able to learn from one another, regardless of experience or accolade. An egalitarian space where everyone is equal and everybody can bring something to the table. Yeah. Hmm, okay. What does it smell like, do you reckon? Oh, well, probably a little bit sweaty. <laughs> like my favourite parts of glass. Yeah. <laughs> I will there be no chemical toilets near my dream space. <laughs> but yeah, what does it smell like? Some herbs that just give it some warmth and, and, and you know, I don't know, some inspiration so yeah i'm not on the patchouli oil i think we'll we'll go we'll we'll go light on that but i think i don't want it too hippie you know what i mean yeah but i think um, and then we'll have some nice foods and essential smells essential smells so earthy earthly smells okay tastes what can we eat oh i get quite intimidated by sort of hot cuisine and all that Street foods from around the world. But again, a bit of an exchange. I don't know. I don't eat meat, so I'd probably say no meat. But then again, I, I'm, I've not eaten meat for about for 38 years. But um, I'm not evangelical about it. We can go veggie for your dream space. I feel like the food's going to be of great quality. We're going to enjoy veggie cuisine. Yeah. You know, I've got oh, my best friend in the world, Carla Henry, and she does the most amazing Jamaican food. So she could sort of do some sort of eye towel, sort of, you know. Down for that. Some jackfruit would be lovely, thank you. <laughs> You've mentioned in the past that comedy was a kind of landing spot for you to feel invited into the idea of performance. And I was wondering how important making people laugh or the power of humour, is it important and how can we use it to leverage our dreams? Oh, absolutely. Laughter is... I mean, even if the jobs I'm doing, the actual work is serious, I always sort of keep a sense of humour offset. You know, it doesn't work for me to be in character all the time or in a frame of mind because it's, it's play for me. And I think that's what I want this space to be as well, is about play, and that includes laughter. That's about joy. You know, it's about taking your work seriously, but, but not yourself. And I still, again, I think this is whole thing about professionalism and you can't be seen to be enjoying yourself and you think oh that's so wrong no wonder we're all so messed up being able to have a good laugh at our establishment being able to laugh at ourselves it's so important for our, our mental health too you know the dancing the music the the company it's just about the whole will create a sense of just joy isn't it it's about bring joy to people's lives and I think sometimes we forget how to because we're just bombarded with it's always the negative the negative the negative and you know I hear so many people now go oh, I can't watch the news now because I just feel 
and you think you don't want to disengage from it, it's making me feel very blue and very helpless and useless. And yeah, we've got we've got to find a fine balance, haven't we? About and then celebrating celebrating the good. And you would have to leave your mobile devices at the door. Yes, they go away, and you can get them back at the end, but you're not taking them with you. And nobody needs to see pictures of people because pe- I want people to be able to have a a good time not feeling self-conscious and just to engage and yeah um and I love sort of theatre now that sort of explodes that like complicity and I love gecko theatre they're one of my favorite theatre companies at the moment it's very movement based but it's again it's quite visceral you know you get a real experience from it even though you don't you know know there's very little dialogue but you don't need again somebody's physic you know physicality can tell you a thousand words about what's happening so yeah, I think it's so important. And, and just being able to engage and and focus, but as well, not breaking this still sort of age-old boundary that the audience have to sit and behave themselves and sit and listen quietly, you know. And, and I, I just think there's there's different ways of of live performance now. You know, but I think something joyful and something that maybe an audience can join in on, you know, let's have something where there's a bit of audience participation if they want I mean I say this if I go to something and there is audience participation I'm usually at the back of the room going please don't ask me but you know this is for the people (laughs) but I like to see it you know (laughs) Mm, mm. everything is achievable in in your dream space Maxine Peak. thank you so much I'm going to try and encapsulate it we walk in there's a huge fire um, there. We're able to burn. Anybody that's upset, if you've got any form, even if it's a, a stupid form for work or a stupid form for benefits, all those stupid, horrible forms, bring them in and we'll throw them all on the fire. <laughs> um, and we're also going to be hearing sounds made by all of us, by uh, anybody that wants to let rip on an instrument. So we're going to have tambourines, drums, harmonicas, um, spoons if you want though I would say handle with caution I once had a party called Gems Jam and my friend played the spoons on her leg all night and got quite bruised so <laughs> be careful but we are inviting everybody to physically get involved Gecko Theatre Company will interact somehow and create something like within the highest quality but makes everybody feel like they can move their bodies and escape away from phones they are locked up and away we're not taking any photos we're just going to be in the moment and um, what should people wear? Oh, oh, yeah, whatever they want, whatever they want, as much or as little as they want. <laughs> maybe something a little bit, I think I'd give a theme of maybe, you know, let's like say about witch and whatever that brings, whatever that conjures up for people whatever you know I just think because it means so much to so many different people and it's about reclaiming that word back definitely and we have earthy smells but not too hippie the smell of humans but <laughs> in the best way and perhaps some of our favorite plants um I think that this is a beautiful dream I feel inspired one lasting question as we leave your dream space what do you want us to feel Everyone's invited, so it's not for a particular person, but you want to bring the people together, it feels. What do we go home with? I want people to go home connected. I want people to feel that whole thing. I know it's very sort of corny, but we have got more in common than we haven't. 
in that way and always celebrate our differences. We, we go away from that, and but I, I just want people just to feel connected and not lonely because I think a lot of people's anger actually comes from feeling lonely and feeling ostracised and that turns to anger. Yeah, little people to go home connected, feeling a little bit of peace and that they belong to something. They do actually belong to something that's bigger, bigger than any country, bigger than any one specific place. So, yeah. I'm Gemma Kearney and you've been listening to Dream Space from Factory International. Today you heard Maxine's vision and you can join us next time as another guest takes us on a journey around their dream space. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you like and subscribe to this podcast. Your support really does mean a lot. Share it with everyone that you know. And if you can't wait until the next episode, then you can head to Factory International's website and find out about more exciting artistic content on Factory Plus. Dream Space was hosted by me, Gemma Kearney, and the series is produced by Katie Callan and Tess Davidson. With sound design by Femi Oriogan Williams and theme music by Carmel Smickerskill, the executive producer is Dan Jackson and it is a reduced listening production for Factory International, curated by Scott Smith and Alex Mannion-Jones. See you next time! <laughs>